Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today within the Librocube is Fra Internet Day. Yeah. Combining Fridays and internets, who would have thought that was a good idea? Well, I suppose I did when I came up with it, thought it might be, and it seems that it quite often is. That is a long sentence I'm running at a press. <sighs> at the top of every show, with the exception of internet days, I give a spoiler warning. However, on internet days, I do say that which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you really dig down deep and think about it. But don't think too long, because as with most Internet Day episodes, we have a lot to cover. A lot. Another thing I like to say is, is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and burp, I mean, and comment in iTunes, because that is what helps others find the podcast. Hey, why don't you do it? I can't think of a reason. And once again, don't think too long, because we got a jam-packed day, as per usual. That will take us into the last piece of podcast-related business before we hop into the interwebs, and that is, of course, today's sponsor, which is Joe's Quantum Garage. Once again, today's sponsor is Joe's Quantum Garage, where they have the only 100% Grease Bonobo certified quantum mechanics in town, no matter what town you're in, even. Hmm. This week marks the first week of kitties being back to school, and I have noticed that I am stopping and waiting for school buses a lot, and I do not like it. I believe that it does not improve the audio quality of this podcast because of the fact that I edit, edit, edit out the uh, the car sounds, the sounds of my motor running, so when there is no car sounds to be edited out, it's, uh, it edits out some of the sound of my voice and makes it quiet and, I believe, difficult to hear. So, um, lodge your complaints with the school system. Damn them and their teaching and, and buses. Grr, arg, you might even say. Alright, uh, item the first is a Vsauce. Yeah, love a little Vsauce in the Liberal Cube, and I felt like I hadn't brought it back in a while. Uh, in fact, this, I'm not sure I've ever brought back, is Vsauce 2. Uh, something that I was not familiar with until probably, geez, four, five, six months after watching Vsauce, that it actually is sort of broken up 
into multiple channels. There's Vsauce 1, which is the one that I stumbled upon one day and have brought back a plethora of times. Then there's Vsauce 2, which I'm about to talk about and have been watching for a couple of months now and have enjoyed greatly. Then there's Vsauce 3, which uh, I haven't checked out yet. So, there you go. If you know about Vsauce 3, you could let me know about it. And uh, if it's good, should I, should I A, watch it? Should I B, bring it back? What should I do? Audience participation! Yeah! You can let me know to the address provided in the closing credits or tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. Would love to hear from you. Vsauce 2 quite often does uh, lists. And something about lists is, uh, is appealing to the human brain. So mine in particular, because of my freakishly a place for everything and everything in its place, super, not OCD to a crazy degree, but a little crazy degree, a slight craziness degree. So uh, I enjoy a good list. I enjoy reading, watching, writing, anything list related. It's the organizational structure that my brain appreciates. So that is what he has done. That is what I'm about to talk about. However, I gotta stop first and get a, a little gasoline, or as they say in Canada, go-go juice. Please do not question that they say in Canada, go-go juice, because that is what we say. Just take my word for it. Don't do any sort of research or anything like that. I will be back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. Road again. That is the On the Road Again remix. Thank you for that voice box. Okay, so uh, Vsauce 2, the lists were all of rare things. I believe the title of the episode might have even been called Rare Stuff. I believe that because that is what I've written down. However, I like to use the word stuff quite often because it is one of my favorite words, stuff. So uh, it was a collection of five different separate lists. <laughs> what? Awesome idea. Uh, I think it's something he does from time to time called the 54321 list. So he'll do on list one, we'll have five items. On list two, we'll have four. List three, we'll have three. List two, we'll have two. List one, we'll have one item. Yeah. Although I guess a list of one item, not much of a list, but hey, semantics. Many, many antics. Just some antics. The first list was elements, rare elements. Mm. There's one called astatine. It was first found through a process of creating another element or bombarding, I think it was bismuth, with um, something, some sort of bombardment. This is why it's good to actually check out the actual factual video for yourself, because sometimes I will be vague, whereas they will not be. Hmm. There exists, this was sort of the really cool uh, cool facts, there exists on the planet Earth at any given time only 25 grams of this element. So it's very, very cool. Uh, the next, uh, I haven't brought back com the completity 
of each and every list, just sort of things that popped out, and I thought, hey, this is cool, why not mention it? For example, the next list was signatures, or autographs, if you prefer, and that, of course, reminded me of the old Nerd Cane. If you care to Google Nerd Cane Adventures, you can see just what I mean by that. Shakespeare, William, Will, Bill, if you prefer, Bill to his friends, did anyone ever call him Bill Shakespeare? I wonder, like to his face. Hey, Bill, how's how they hanging? Did anyone ever utter that sentence to the to the bard? Billy Bard, how they hanging today? Uh, I like to picture that and imagine someone did. He has a sort of in existence only six autographs, three of which uh, appear on sort of his, uh, I guess the like deed to his house and his will, but uh, very very infrequently signed things apparently which is kind of interesting from someone who is famous for writing and not having his autograph exist very often. Cool idea. Neil Armstrong originally signed a lot of things, however, uh, was told that that's not a good idea, so no longer signs things, no longer autographs, uh, which is, uh, I suppose, a choice to make, but seems like a strange one to me. Hey, I'm not going to argue, argue with a man who's been on the moon and punched a reporter. Oh no, that was Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Did you see that? If you Google, again, part of internet days is just me saying, hey, this is cool, why not go check it out? Things such as Buzz Aldrin punching a guy for saying the moon landing didn't happen, or something to that effect. <laughs> Good on him. Next was uh, video games. Ah, so this is hitting a couple of my buttons here. My video game buttons, uh-huh. And my internet buttons and my list buttons. I like it. There's a video game called Mr. Botten, uh, Botten. <laughs> Mr. Boston, which uh, was sort of a Pac-Man ripoff. They only ever made 10 copies. Air Raid was another one. Uh, don't have too many details on that. Uh, I think one of the cool ones, and I didn't know this existed, was one called Nintendo World's Champion 1990 Gold Edition. So basically... What I sort of gathered from this is that Nintendo World Champion 1990 was a uh, Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge that they would use in tournaments, and if you were to win said tournaments, you would win sort of this gold edition of this thing. So uh, very, very cool. They were worth, oh, did I write it down? Yeah, worth $30,000, that, that particular one. So if you have one kicking around your house, you're a 30,000 heir. Congratulations. The last item up for bids, no, that doesn't make sense, is comics. As in books, or graphic novels, if you prefer that. But I think, considering these are all old and they only called them comic books back then, I'm going to stick with that. For example, Action Comics number one, I think for me that's sort of the most famous old and expensive comics. It had the first appearance of Superman. Then there is Detective Comics number 37. This is one I'm not good at remembering numbers, but I always try to remember this number, Detective Comics number 37. Perhaps me saying it twice there and then listening to it again as I edit this episode will uh, ingrain it in my brain better. This is the first appearance of Batman, who is my favorite of the superheroes. Uh, Superman number one and Batman number one, uh, they were sort of the first examples of 
a hero having their own comic devoted entirely to them, because I suppose Action Comics and Detective Comics had sort of a bunch of different stories for a bunch of different characters. Okay, so that will take us into what? Uh, okay, how about one more, and then I'll save the rest for the drive home. Plan? Question mark? Why am I asking when you cannot answer? I will answer for you. Yes, it is a plan. Whether it is a smart plan, that is always debatable. The next item is a big think, another favorite in the liberal cube. When I, I always watch big things, and when one of them sort of appeals to me, I will bring it back, as I have done here. This is a talk, a brief three, four minute talk from Mr. Lawrence Krauss, who I have watched several videos with now, and have decided he is a very smart dude. In this episode, he describes quantum computing, which I've heard the term, had no idea what it meant, and now have a at least a vague idea what it means. This is sort of super, super crazy, uh, highbrow. Even him explaining it in layman's terms is hard to comprehend stuff, but I like it for some reason. My brain enjoys the challenge, perhaps. Something to that effect. So, uh, regular computing, the sort of computer you have, uses chips that store information in, as he describes it, binary codes of ones and zeros. If you want to break that down sort of further, it's not even so much uh, ones and zeros, it is on and off. So the one would be on, and the zero would be off. And using a combination of just these two things, is what allows us to store things from, you know, pictures to sounds to videos to programs to everything that is on our computer is stored using this system. And, uh, it, obviously, it works pretty good. Yeah, there's, there's not too many complaints. And we're always making strides in improving the ability to store more ones and zeros in smaller and cheaper chips. So, that's good. Now, quantum computing, sort of the, the big difference or the big takeaway I took from his talk is that it is not just ones and zeros. It could be, it is not just on and off. It is not just up and down. It is up. It is down. It is left. It is right. It is curving. It is uh, moving clockwise, moving counterclockwise, spinning this way, spinning that way. Such a sort of leap in the ability to store things, process things, that uh, I, my mind is boggled to the point where it is difficult to understand what exactly that could mean. And uh, to be honest, he never, at least to my satisfaction, went into what the ability of this quantum computing could mean, with the exception of one thing, and that was that uh, mathematical problems... Yeah, okay, so th this was the example that he used that sort of gives you an idea of what that could mean in the computing world. So some mathematical problems, if you were to give to a normal, let's call it, computer that today is using binary code, would take millennia to solve. So from here until the end of time, these computers would make the attempt to solve these mathematical problems, and they probably never would. There's just not enough time, there's not enough time sort of period for them to do so. So even that thought right there, that there exists equations such as that, another further mind-bogglingness, so I like it. Now, he points out that if you were to type in 
the same mathematical problems into a quantum computer, it would solve it, you know, I, I don't know if he's using this as exaggeration, it would solve it as quickly as a normal computer would solve 2 plus 2, that, that, that kind of idea. So, uh, pretty amazing stuff. One sort of downside of this talk is that he sort of debates that the idea of quantum computing can ever actually happen. He's a little pessimistic on that front, which, uh, you know, that's, that's a safe opinion from a scientist. I think if you are a scientist and something is so mind-bogglingly incredible that uh, a little skepticism is a, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, why not, even? That being said, uh, I should just point out that this is all sort of theory at this point, and nothing in practical, actual, factual, quantum, mechanically working computers exist today. So, folks, uh, that, I think, is going to be a good spot to ender for now. Uh, I'm going to come back for... Well, my plan is I have one more item written down. However, at work today, I plan to add at least one, perhaps two, podcasts to the old discussion as well. Why don't I, although it doesn't really make sense, tease the item I will have when I get back after eight hours of work, and it is a little something from the Geekettes. The Geekettes, you say. Hmm. That leaves one final thing to say before I go to work. And that is, of course, oh my glob. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Back. Back in action. As the theme indicates, why don't I jump right in with zero preamble? Uh, I suppose saying that was a bit of a preamble. Me saying that further, further preamble. I keep preambling. Preambling. That is difficult to say, I have realized. I will try not to say it again. Item the third, I think is rather a collection of three items. Haha, <laughs> I could do less too, Vsauce 2. Yeah. This is a new addition to the Liberal Cube, something I've never brought back before on a hot internet day, or any day for that matter. So that's always exciting. This is just one of those things that in my sort of nerdy internet wanderings I have come across and viewed and thought, hey, I want others to know about this as well, so I will bring it back and mention it. And hopefully you, the, uh, what do you call, listener, may listen and say, Hey, yeah, that does sound like my bag of tea. I will go over there and watch that. What am I talking about? Well, why don't I just say it without further preamble? Oh god, I've done it again. Preamberling all over the place. It is a YouTube channel. Uh-huh. A series of videos on said YouTube channel. The YouTube channel in question is called One Up with the Geekettes. Aha! One up, um, I enjoy, because it makes me think of Mario. Mm -hmm. yes. And Geekettes, I enjoy, because, well, they're geeks. And ets, which in indicates females. Two of my favorite things. Hey, there you go, rolled into one. Why not? How I sort of uh, came across these lovely ladies and their very, very funny videos 
is through a fight through Fan Expo, basically, when you boil it down, because one of the key cats has her photograph taken with Nerd Kane. Have I mentioned Nerd Kane lately? I feel like I mention it perhaps too often. However, it is my other sort of nerdy passion and outsource of media. This podcast is my outpouring of audio media. Nerd Kane Adventures, if you want to Google that for yourself, is my um, visual outpouring of media. In that case, photos of a cane, a nerdy cane, who gets his picture taken with famous nerdy folk, gets their autographs on his wooden body, as well as picture taken, pictures, plural, taken with uh, folks in cosplay at things such as Fan Expo 2012, Fan Expo 2013, and Toronto Comic Con 2013. Specifically, as those are the only things of that ilk I have been to so far, however, have enjoyed them so much, have already decided that Fan Expo 2014 will be a thing I happen to go to. Mm. So, the people that I got a nerdy nerdy picture with, Nerdcane, has this, uh, it almost has sort of a podcast feel, just in that it is folk sitting and talking, and that quite often is what a podcast is. The fact that these lovely ladies were kind enough to take photographs with Nerdcane, as well as the fact that they had a, um, let's just call it an episode of their show, because... I, as always, have trouble defining things on the interwebs because they defy explanation and categorization. So I like to call everything web series. Does this fall into the web series category? Sure, why not? I jam things in there if they don't fit. Uh, they, right after Fan Expo, did a episode of their quote-unquote web series, whatever, I know, uh, that was about their sort of experience at Fan Expo. It was called Post Con Crazy, and uh, very much hit some of my like buttons as well in that this Fan Expo, this sort of nerdy lifestyle, cosplay stuffs, uh, is very, very... How do I explain this? I think it's almost like an addiction that... Um, I have become addicted to, and part of that addiction is that the sort of days following your experiences at Fan Expo are <laughs> sort of coming down off that high. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of a, a accurate and cool way to think about it, that your Fan Expo experience is just so, has so much force pulling and uh, pushing on your brain matter that when it is over that pushing and pulling still happens a little bit, and you need to sort of come down off that high and, you know, get back to work, fucker. Uh, so that is what I did. They sort of hit on that in this uh, video, which, needless to say, I'm going to recommend you go watch. Something funny which came up in this talk that, at least something funny that came up in this talk that uh, at least I didn't have this sort of deep a experience one of the geekettes was dressed in the picture with Nerd Kane as Harley Quinn. Hmm, Harley Quinn was able to do the Harley voice at will, and very, very accurately, I must say, very impressive. So, going back to work, had trouble not doing that 
voice to her boss, which I find greatly amusing. I am hoping, to further my amusement, that her boss looks somewhat like the Joker, uh, and that would be good. Perhaps he smiles a lot. Uh, at the very least, I'm going to go under that assumption. They mentioned their excitement to meet Nathan Fillion, which I had as well. In fact, probably when I found out Nathan Fillion was coming, coming to Fan Expo, he was probably my most desired of autographs that I wanted to get, and did. So, thank you to him. A very, very nice dude. Canadian, which perhaps explains the niceness. Some, a couple things that I, I like about sort of the cosplaying universe is that the sort of extreme love of cosplayers to do cosplay causes... <laughs> you saying cause a lot. Cause B. Um, causes them to lose a lot of sleep in their efforts of their sort of cosplay creations, let's say. It is the love that they have for the craft, let's call it, that causes them to put in hours and hours and hours to make their their costumes perfect. So uh, I like that thought that something they're not getting paid for, something that they're doing for fun, something that is sort of the oozing of nerdinesses from their very pores has caused them to lose sleep and say, hey, I like this. So, god damn you sleep, I don't need you. I'm going to devote my time to things I love. Uh, lastly, in this video, something they mentioned, which I found amusing as well, was uh, something they called uh, photo trap. Photo trapped is, I didn't know it was a term. If you listened to my podcast, my um, Nerd Kane Adventures Fan Expo 2013 Lackadaisical Liberal Cubiculus Special Podcast Edition. Oh my god, that's a lot of words. If you listen to that, you will hear that quite often I refer to how I, I felt bad that sometimes when I ask people for their photos and hand them my nerdy cane, it will sort of open the floodgates, as I describe it, for many, many others to then hop on board and stop these people for Apparently, sometimes, uh, to me, it felt like they would have to stop for, you know, five, ten minutes and get their pictures taken. But that would, the reason I felt that way is because I would usually sort of move on from spot to spot. However, it turns out that cosplayers will quite often, in this opening of floodgates, get, as they say in the Geekettes video, get photo trapped for sometimes hours on end. So, that says something about the sort of kindness and niceness of cosplayers that will do this, despite the fact that it can't be easy sitting there, standing there, getting your photo taken ad nauseum. But again, it just shows love and shows the sort of kindness of these folk. So very, very much appreciated. Nerd Kane Adventures would not exist were it not for folks like you. Hmm. We end the podcast with, it's nice to be nice to the nice, so hey, it's nice to be nice to the nice. They had two other videos that I viewed. One was on, one was titled, 90s Kids Talk Buffy, specifically Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So obviously, as I have mentioned, uh, I don't know if it's dozens of times yet, but will eventually be dozens of times that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is definitely easy for me to say in my top five of TV programs of all time. Love it. Love anything from Mr. Whedon. Love and have seen, I do believe, everything he has created. So, thank you, Joss Whedon. I know you're a big 
big listener of the podcast, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, uh, this last video I'm going to talk about, although they do have more, so check them all out, why don't yous? It was called, uh, One Up with the Geekettes. Talk about their first time. <laughs> the reason I chuckle at that is because they, um, pulled me in with thinking that they were going to talk about their first potentially nerdy sexual experiences. That's where my mind went, and that's where they wanted it to go, the buggers. Uh, but no, it was more my first sort of crush on a nerdy character, my first thing sort of of that ilk. Is that the only one I wrote down? Yeah, that's the only one I wrote down. But it was my first video game console I owned, or my first things, you know, nerdy-ish types of hmm, notes insufficient to continue discussion, robot voice... Anyways, uh, I like how they pulled me in, and despite being tricked into watching this video, still did very much enjoy it, and hope you will go over there and check it out for yourself. Uh, for fictional crushes, I did write down, one was a Power Ranger, and I believe two of the girls said Tuxedo Mask, which is from uh, Sailor Moon, which is, I don't believe, something that guys watched, I know I did not, but am aware of its presence and know of it in sort of the nerdy cosplayer realm. So I tried to think, quite often when I bring lists such as that back, uh, I try to think of my uh, sort of examples that I could give in the same vein, but I can't really think of nerdy crushes I have. Uh, okay, well, how about combine it with Buffy and say I always found a Cordelia to be of the gang, the most attractive. So, hey, why not? We, we'll count that. We'll count that. Okay, so, uh, as promised, I have brought back a couple of podcasts. Hey, talking about on a podcast, a podcast, it's allowed, and it is something I do from time to time on Frock Internet Days, because without the Frock Internet, we would not have podcasts. I would not be here, which, by associations, means that you would not be here listening to this, talking uh, the first one I have here is Mr. Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla, his podcast, easily, again, as long as we're throwing things in lists, say easily in my top five of all podcasters, love them to death, cannot go an episode without getting a laugh out of me, which is basically in my sort of eternal struggle and search for shits and or giggles is very, very important consistency of laughter generated by this podcast is impressive. He had on uh, Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam probably, I guess for most people would think, yeah, he's a country singer. Whatever. Who cares? But I kind of know from, I guess not necessarily interviews. Yeah, interviews and just sort of shit I've read about him over the years. And probably most prominent, his role in the Crank series of movies. He's a bit of an odd duck. And if you are familiar with my love of odd ducks, you will know that I love odd ducks. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just had a, a couple of strange and funny lines pop out over the course of this interview. Had his guitar in hand, would be throwing out friggin' jingles of craziness left, right, and center, and, uh, laughs were generated by both Adam and Dwight. Yoakum? Maybe that's something to do with it. If you have the last name Yoakum, 
you're going to tell some jokums. Huh? Huh? I did not just want to specify what? that I did not write that down. I just came up with it right now. Okay? So that is not something that was thought out. That was spur of the moment. Yokum jokum. Oh boy. They spoke of the new American Idol judges, which is something I do not care about whatsoever. Why am I bringing it up? You might ask. Well, the only reason I am is because that style of show for me is kind of horrible. However, and this is a pretty good however, there once was a style of that show, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, called Superstar USA. And if you watch that show, you know why I'm bringing it up already. It took the idea of American Idol... However, instead of choosing the best and brightest and moving them along into the competition of this shoe, they would take the worst and dullest and most horrible voiced and hilarious and move them along in the show. Now, what sort of boggled my mind over the course of the show, which was on, geez, quite a while ago, maybe a decade ago? No, I don't think that long. In the 90s? In the 2000s? I don't remember when it was on. I hope you can find it online. I should check it out. Jordan, mental note. Look to see if you can find it, because the missus would love it very much. Mental note complete. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just mind-bogglingly bad singers singing to great comedic effect. Now, uh, the sort of highlight for this of me was the fact that somehow, some way, these people did not realize that this show was a joke. They thought that what they were sort of putting out to the world deserved to be heard, deserved to win this competition for its awesomeness. And on the one hand, that is sort of sad and mean-spirited, and that's why I kind of like the show. It never really seemed to take that turn. The judges were never overtly mean, and even the person who won, which I won't give it away, he or she, sort of at the end, didn't feel ripped off or betrayed. They felt like, oh, well, you folks were all very nice to me, and at least I have this memory of these events. That, that, that kind of feel to it, so it was never mean-spirited. Okay, so... what else? They talked about twerking, which seems to be on people's lips since the whole Miley Cyrus thing, which I don't think I have an opinion on, because, again, I do not care for that. Whatever. Why are we still talking about it? <laughs> they talked about, sort of in that vein, brought up today's music, which makes sense very opinionated about music, Adam Carolla sitting down with Dwight Yoakam, a musician. They're going to talk music a little bit. Uh, he always says, you know, don't call me Grandpa Carolla, but music, music today. What's with music today? And these kids listening to music and it's horrible and things like that. He doesn't sound like that. I don't know why I did that voice. But despite only being, you know, 30 years old, I do kind of have that same feeling that music today is horrible. Uh, big classic rock fan, probably number one. If I had to specify my favorite types of music, it would be classic rock. And 
something I always like to point out about classic rock is that this is music from, you know, 30, 40 years ago that is still around and very, very prevalent today. And then I ask people such as, I don't know, uh, The Messes. She has horrible taste in music. I ask her, do you think that the music you are listening to now will be around in 40 years? And even she sort of admits that, no, this is not going to pervade the world for great periods of time. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess that's a good spot to edit for many reasons. One being that that's all I wanted to talk about. Two being I'm about to pull into my garage and I'm at home. So, hey, it worked out even, you could say. One final thing to say, and that is, of course, as already hinted at, that it is nice to be nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.